0: All right. Welcome back to the five-minute crypto update. This is Monday, May 8th. We've got a lot to cover, including Binance, ETH deflation, finding 100x returns, notes from all core devs meeting, and Buffett talking about the almighty US dollar. Let's get it on. No choice but to get it on. As of this recording, Bitcoin has dipped 2% to 28,100. ETH is falling right along. It's at 1850. And it's just a very red down day today. All tokens are down bad. What's going on in crypto land? So, first, and it may be related to why token prices are down, Binance, which is one of the largest, if not largest, centralized crypto exchanges, has paused Bitcoin withdrawals for the second time in 24 hours. There's a growing backlog of unprocessed transactions in the Bitcoin mempool. And this is driven in part by the growth of ordinals, which in related news, discovered a bug in their protocol. There was some hacker, I think he went by the name SuperTestNet, who inserted a transaction into ordinals that caused a numbering system for NFT inscriptions to increase by one. Also in Binance news, after Binance US's acquisition talks with Voyager, which seemed to have been going back and forth for I don't even know how many times, Uh, They finally called it quits now. Voyager is shutting down and it's liquidating assets. And according to Coindesk, creditors are going to get something like 36 cents on the dollar back, which is down bad, but it's still better than what FTX creditors will probably get. Next, we've got ETH supply deflating bigly. So I wanted to share one of my more favorite dashboards. It's ultrasound.money. And with the meme coin mania on ETH right now, the network has become more and more deflationary. Ultrasound.money shows ETH supply metrics since the proof-of-stake merge, which happened 234 days ago. Wow, that's more than seven months. It's crazy. And the network has burned 187 ETH total since then, and the current total supply is 120.3 million. And it seems like activity will only increase in the bull market and this could very well be the, t- the highest total ETH supply we'll ever see, which is $120.3 million. And again, the link is ultrasound.money. Okay, next, we have an article from Bloomberg on perps pushing around the Bitcoin price. So basically, the article says that Bitcoin perpetuals are growing more and more. And perpetuals are this kind of derivative contract that lets you bet on Bitcoin's price, typically with leverage without needing to either hold or own the underlying bitcoin asset and apparently the ratio of these uh, the ratio of the perpetuals to spot volume is the highest it's been in 2 years all right you want to find a 100 bagger or the next pepe so this twitter thread has got some clues for you and though i don't condone this behavior it is just a fundamental part of crypto and it's what makes crypto so entertaining as well the free markets the instant liquidity all of the hot money and as I believe, it's always interesting to learn from phenomenon like this if you don't understand it. So the quote from Chad Calf, know your audience, you need to gauge if a meme coin has potential to become viral. A good start is focusing on memes targeting crypto culture. People talk about bringing normies in, but unless we're full bull, it's only the crypto crowd that will be buying at first. Next, we've got ETH core devs gearing up for the next upgrade, and they just keep on shipping. Tim Baiko, who is essentially the product manager, kind of chief cat herder of all the ETH decentralized devs, he writes notes based on the core dev update calls. The one that I'm sharing, he describes the final planning stages of the next upgrade, which is going to be called Denkun. It's a portmanteau for Deneb and Cancun. And the big change in this one, which we've talked about in prior episodes, is called proto dank sharding. And what proto dank sharding is going to do is reduce costs for L2s to post data to the ETH main chain, which should, in theory, lead to cheaper L2 transaction costs. All right, next in the fun FUD files. We've got a fascinating tweet from CryptoCondom on how the ETH Foundation seems to sell at a local top. And the sort of FUD always goes a bit viral, but it turns out it's not true. So I'm sharing another tweet, both the CryptoCondom one, as well as one from Fiscontis, which shows that ETH Foundation has been selling in both bull and bear markets, essentially just to cover their operating expenses. So just a reminder not to believe the FUD, no matter how convenient a narrative it might be. Next, we got an oldie but a goodie on the promised land or maybe the terrible apocalypse of hyper-Bitcoinization. Hyper-Bitcoinization is one of these things which is easier to understand than it is to spell, but I reread this article every year or so. It's from Daniel Kravitz way back in 2014, and it's just really prescient description of what might happen as Bitcoin becomes increasingly adopted he defines hyper-Bitcoinization as a voluntary transition from an inferior currency to a superior one, and its adoption is a series of individual acts of entrepreneurship rather than a single monopolist that games the system. So highly encourage you to read it, and I will share it in the show notes. And finally, we just have Buffett fading the dollar at Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting, which recently happened. There was an audience question about the current US fiscal position and de dollarization as a narrative. And to quote from Buffett's reply, and this is Bology's notes on it it's very interesting. I mean, we are the reserve currency. I see no option for any other currency to be the reserve currency. And I think that nobody understands the situation better than Jay Powell. But he's not in control of fiscal policy. And every now and then he drops a few hints. And there was no question when the pandemic broke out, I mean it was a semi-warlike situation, but nobody knows how far you can go with the paper currency before it gets out of control. If and particularly if you're the reserve, world's reserve currency, nobody knows the answer to that. So on that optimistic sunny note, that's it for today. That was about six minutes long. All the links are going to be in the show notes as usual. You can follow at 2DGen's pod on Twitter. Please subscribe, give me feedback, share news and links and alpha that I can put into the pod. And we will have our outro clip. It's from the 1000X podcast. These two really successful traders, market makers, and they're talking about the rise of Pepe coin and kind of this casino element in crypto. All right. Thank you. So you think, basically you think people are getting into these meme coins that like the gateway,
1: the gateway is Bitcoin and ETH. They're not like just lifting Pepe with fiat. They're, they're just washing value around that was already in the ecosystem. That would be, that would be my guess for now. With that being said, I just think the branding is so hilarious that it probably does pull like a crazy move in the bull run. I, I think so. I mean, again, not investment advice. None of this is investment advice, but you're not wrong and it's crazy like what it highlights is that like actual wealth got created on that somehow and i think what this highlights is that in crypto you have this fantastic dichotomy between you know bitcoin geopolitically relevant keeping central banks honest like not even a dark horse for next global reserve currency type arguments flying around eth world computer like fantastic technology scaling solutions of remarkable complexity and then on the other end of the spectrum you have this right and you know you could say this is bad or less worthwhile or whatever air quotes but you could also say, "Hey, maybe you know there there is a, a casino element to certain pockets of crypto, or or an identity element, or you know a community element that that actually has value that traditional finance just completely ignores. Like penny stocks don't take take into account." So.